I, I believe how you do one thing is how you do most things. So, you know, if your mindset, your priorities, your heart, you know, your intention isn't right, just in general, it's not gonna be right in business, right? Um, so, you know, if you're lazy, you don't have time management, you're not gonna get after it, you know, if you're not your gonna, dirty. you're not gonna serve at home and things like this. I mean, how is it going to be translated over to business, you know? Um, so first of all, what's, what gets measured gets improved. So you gotta start measuring the, your, your deficiencies, your weaknesses, identify those. Awareness is a really good trait from all these nine figure guys. They're aware. They know who they are. They know their weaknesses. They know what they're good at. They know their goal in mind and they know what they need to get there. They know the people they need, the softwares, the budget, everything. They figure that out. And if you don't know those things, then you can get with me and Mike and we'll point you in the right direction, number one, um, so we can all elevate and professionalize this industry together. Welcome to the Painter Growth Podcast, where we help you scale your painting company in record time. Join us as we explore sales, marketing, hiring, finances, leadership, and more, everything that you need to know to scale and grow your painting business. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everybody? Mike or Hickman, founder of PainterGrowth.com here. Thanks for tuning in to another exciting episode of the Painter Growth Podcast. Uh, got a great one here for you today. Really excited to uh, bring on my friend, my guest, Ryan Davis, founder and CEO of ServiceLegend.com. Um, great marketing agency. We'll talk a little bit about that later. But for today's focus, as you guys know, we're all about the business side of things. So Ryan also owns and operates a business called Cardinal Concrete Coatings. It's not a painting company, but there are a ton of similarities. And our focus today is to learn how he went from owner operator to absent owner. And Ryan, stoked to have you here today, man. Man, Mike, thank you so much for uh, letting me be on your podcast, elevate this industry together, professionalize this industry. It's happy to be here. Awesome, man. Yeah, stoked to stoked to do this and, and stoked to have you on. So we could talk for probably, we could probably talk all day, <laughs> but we got to stay focused because that's what the people want. We want to learn about how to grow our businesses really quickly. So give me the, the low and dirty, how you started your company, um, what the progression was like, and then we'll kind of dig in as we go. Absolutely. And start with Cardinal, right? Yes, Cardinal. That's yeah. what we're talking about today. Yeah, Trade yeah. So, um, yeah, Cardinal Concrete Coatings, I actually wanted to call it Diamondback Concrete Coatings, but I went into business with my mom, my dad, and my older brother in, uh, in that service business, and my mom wanted to call it Cardinal. So we ended up uh, choosing that, and I'm glad we did. The, the brand just really came out well with, uh, with Ryan um, and uh, over at Prolific. But, um, you know, I started Cardinal um, almost a year after starting Service Legend, and a lot of people think I started Cardinal first and then the marketing company. You know, it was, you know, it was the marketing company first and then, and then, and then Cardinal um, about a year later. And um, if I would have known what I know now, I would have never started another business and tried to scale it to multi-millions while I just started a business. So <laughs> number one, don't do that. You know, um, don't do what I did, but uh, learn from that. Um, but, uh, you know, prior to that, and what's important, Mike, is before starting Cardinal and, and what I'm doing now, I was a sales and marketing manager uh, for a, you know, decent decent sized company in California, did a couple million dollars a year in painting, a couple million dollars a year in concrete coatings. And I did sales in the home, um, did a lead conversion. Um, that business was in business for 40 years before I got there. So I got to see a lot of good, a lot of things that could have been improved from software and technology and systems and leadership and culture and things like that. Um, but there was a lot of you know foundational things that worked. Offline marketing was great, but I helped bring that business to digital and um, and then prior to that, I was a commercial estimator for a large multi-million dollar 
concrete coating company uh, and flooring company. I did takeoffs uh, um, for large like Amazon, FedEx, big polished concrete projects. Uh, and that's where I got my technical knowledge of, of the industry, the TDS sheets, SDS sheets that led me into that residential role, uh, sales and marketing. And that really just gave me an idea. And I came home one day and I'm like, honey, like we could do all this. And, and, and we did it. Uh, a year later, started Cardinal. Um, and yeah, man, we just really had started Cardinal with one idea in mind to scale it to, you know, an, uh, like a million dollar top line before the first year. And we ended up doing $1.5 million cash collected in the first 12 months. Um, so that's kind of where starting point there, man. Wow, man. That's an incredible, uh, incredible quick growth story. Now I'm, I know there's going to be some people listening who are, are you're hearing about this. Oh, you did 1.5 million in the first year. That's great. But it's kind of unfair because you had all this experience in sales and marketing. You had all this experience in a, in a big company, you know, doing takeoffs, understanding the industry, you know, knowing all about that. How can somebody who's like, you know, just starting their business or they've been doing it for a few years, trying to figure out all of this, all of these lessons that you got to learn while being paid by somebody else, right? Yeah. <laughs> so how can someone learn these lessons on their own and how can they kind of expedite that process so they can see growth like that? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, one of the things that we focused on at Cardinal uh, early on was um, ensuring we had a proven and scalable and repeatable, duplicatable and digestible client acquisition system. And we focused on what I knew best, which was Facebook ads, like social media ads at large. So it was mainly Facebook, Instagram. We did some TikTok, but it was mainly Facebook and Instagram. Did Google ads for that immediate lead flow coming in. And then we also started our, our, our SEO and our omnipresence uh, approach as well. And the frameworks that we had in place at Service Legend implemented them. Now the SEO didn't kick in until like four, six months down the road, but having that client acquisition in place was critical. And then secondary to that was our lead to sale cycle. These were the two things that we had in place that worked really well. We didn't have everything else in place, right? We're still, you know, I didn't come from starting a service business. I had good knowledge, but um, those two things are what helped us make sure leads were coming in. We were converting them into appointments and we were selling appointments and turning them into customers. And then, you know, that, that was proven, right? So that was top line. Um, now we didn't make a ton of money profit, right? Uh, but <laughs> I could tell you, you know, I proved the model with top line, but for that person specifically, one of the, like a cool ninja tip is uh, our first install was August 12th, but we started selling July 1st and we had uh, almost $50,000 in booked projects um, on day one of our first install. And so we had time to train our team, get jobs on the books, make sure we had momentum going into our production uh, schedule. And so that um, increased a lot of different things, culture, morale. They saw us, um, you know, being strategic, kind of thinking proactively, really thinking big picture uh, as business owners need to do. And our team really loved that. There was buy-in because of that. They had um, work scheduled. So um, there's little tips like that where you can stop, you know, things and kind of get things ahead. If you're starting now, if you're early on, but I would say, you know, if you're not doing over a million dollars a year, um, really focus on that client acquisition system has got to be proven. And also your lead to sell cycle. Uh, and I know you guys talk a lot about that over there at your company too. Yeah. So you didn't... <clears throat> Help me understand, like, this sounds like a lot. Okay, you did all the sales, you did all this marketing, you did all this about 45 days of client acquisition before you um, had your first crew on site. How much money did you invest in that startup? How much money did you go out of pocket before you produced your first job? So good question. So we we initially started with probably like 40 or 50 grand, something along those lines, um, about 60 grand maybe. Uh, and I look back now and we could have easily... Um, finance things and did things. And there's a lot of things I'd go back and change, but that's the kind of the cash, like the liquid uh, kind of investment we made into Cardinal uh, to get it rolling. Now, let me clarify um, in July, 
that whole time I was actually training my dad to do in-home sales. So, uh, and then basically I only did that for a couple of weeks. And then my dad ended up doing all the in-home sales and he still does them. Top salesperson, 45% close rate. I think he sold like $1.2 million last year in concrete coatings in, in Cardinal, one of the most competitive markets in the country. But it was that training. It's a good, good point. That training early on, that commitment to really focus on the long-term from the start, but doing one thing at a time. But I was training and I was implementing um, a lot as I was, I was, I was, as I was executing from the start, if that, if that makes sense. I think a big difference in, in terms of why you're able to be successful in year one is I know a lot of people hate this word, but it's mindset. <laughs> and what the, what the really goal, the goal was kind of going into it. Um, the average contractor starts a business through side hustles. They had, they start getting some side projects and all of a sudden they're making more money doing side projects than their full-time jobs. So like, you know what, I'm going to do this full time. And then, and then they quit their job eventually, or they get fired because of a conflict. And, now they're responsible for keeping themselves busy mm. and they're like, oh, okay, now I just own a job. So now I want to kind of scale up. I want to get off the tools. I want to bring on some crews. So you're working, painting, you know, on the tools, 40 plus hours a week. And then you're trying to learn business on the side, which arguably is a harder skill than the mm. technical aspect. Cause you have mm -hmm. to learn sales and marketing and HR and recruiting and organization and management and customer service and systems and processes and all of this stuff. So, I mean, how, I'm just trying to figure out how to wrap this, this, uh, this Here, up. I'm going to help you out on this one. Cause those points are great, Mike. And one of the things that, um, kind of tie a lot of this together was, you know, and I've always been this way, but, um, I've always been able to, you know, I think great leaders are the best followers. They can take instruction. They can serve their, you know, they can serve with selfishly and honorably and steward, uh, you know, what's going on. And so, um, the way that you can do that, if you're, you know, if you're on the tools and you're doing, you know, you're in the field, you're owner operator, right? So you're doing a lot of things. You have capacity management control. Um, so a couple of things is time management. Number one is starting to get proactive with your, with your schedule and not reactive. That'll change the game. Number one, but also mentorship and coaching. So, um, you know, Tommy Mello reached out to me and we connected, um, you know, like two, like, like over two years ago, he just sold A1 for, you know, valued like almost $700 million. Um, he's speaking at the summit um, in October. And some of the things that he taught me, Mike, are invaluable. Um, guys like Jeff Gear and uh, Nick Slavic and Jason Paris, connecting with them, Lance Bachman, uh, you know, all these different guys. And, um, you know, they taught me a lot. You know, they've, you know, I've, you know, I've allowed myself to be vulnerable with them, to learn from them, take a, you know, a submissive approach to learn from them and have open ears and Tommy's taught me a lot about, you know, how to build a business where everyone wins the book elevate, but he first wrote the home service millionaire. Um, and there's guys out there that have done every single thing that we want to do. And they've already gone through the challenges like Nick Slavic's, you know, programs every week, like literally you could just tune into that. And if you can get intentional and really get committed to what it is that you're looking to do, if you're on the tools, you need information, right? So guys like, like this program, Mike, for you, um, there's other coaching programs out there. I'd recommend this one if you're a painter, because this is so proven, like you'd be silly not to join this program that Mike offers, but, um, you know, allowing yourself to get mentored and coached by the right people. And that, that right there, probably Mike, as you were saying that made me think about that. I'm like, man, you know what? Like, like if I don't know something, like I can just call like 30 different people and I will get that information, but I've built that, that, um, that opportunity for myself, I guess. 
Yeah, you bring up two good points. So one is time management and getting proactive instead of reactive. Mm. Uh, one of the first things that we teach is priority management training. It's like how to use a, you know, if, if people have never used a digital calendar, how to use a digital calendar, how to figure mm. out your priorities. And once you realize that, you know, as, as a business, as your business is growing, once you realize that doing things like estimates and interviews and marketing initiatives are more valuable for your business than painting, right? Your whole mindset shifts and now you, you reassess your priorities and you can start getting ahead and start being more proactive. But if you make painting your priority and you try to fit around the business around 40 hours of painting, you'll, you'll just never get ahead. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, you know, because that's the, the foundation, you know, like any foundation in your business and any relationships have to start with trust. Right. Um, and so like, you know, in that concept, in that role right there, you've got to be able to, um, you know, build trust within yourself, you know, and, um, and I think one of the cool things here is, you know, this is change, right. For, you know, if you're an owner operator, this is a mindset change. This is, this is different. Um, these ideas, um, if, if, if they're new for you, um, and if, and if you're a growth minded person and you want to, you want to, you know, make more profit, see more freedom from, you know, from yourself in your business and have an impact in your business, on your team, on your community and the world at large. Well, you have to think about what you're doing from basically the, the end in mind and reverse engineer that. Um, and you got to figure out, well, who do I need? Like who's doing what I'm doing that I need that information and go get it from them. And cause mm -hmm. I guarantee you what's crazy about all these people is if you come to them in that way, in that mindset, these guys, they want to serve, they want to help. They, they will jump on phone calls with you guys. Like it's incredible. Um, but you have to be willing to let them do that. Number one. Um, so I like what you said about mindset and about time management, because really none of this matters if some of the foundation things aren't in place. Like I was talking about with truth and relationships, if it's not built on truth and honesty in the real stuff first, nothing we do will be as effective. It'll be, it'll be almost be for nothing. We're spinning our wheels. Yeah. And a lot of people hate the term mindset because they're like, oh, it's like, you know, the, the magic of business, right? If you have a good mindset, you know, like back, back 10 years ago, there's that book or 20 years ago, the secret right? The secret is just waking up with a positive attitude and, <laughs> and everyone will deliver you diamonds. But if you, how, how you can relate mindset, in my opinion, to uh, growing your business quickly is, is identifying yourself with the person you, I, as the person that you want to be. So if you wake up every morning and you say, I am a million dollar business owner, I'm going to do things that a million dollar business owner do does, mm -hmm. then you can now transfer that mindset to your actual actions. Would a million dollar business owner be cleaning, would doing touch-ups for my painters? No. Would a million dollar business owner be delivering paint to a job site? No. Would a million dollar business owner be working on a recruiting plan to bring in three rockstar painters uh, so that I can double my crews? Probably. <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, how did you, how did you, um, you know, even though you, you came into your business with a big goal in mind and you, you smashed 1.5, in the first year, um, how did your mindset shift from, from that to where it is now? That's a great question. Uh, <clears throat> you know, kind of carrying on with what you're saying too, is that, you know, as, you know, as you do these things, your mindset's right, you know, and also personally, you know, I, I believe how you do one thing is how you do most things. So, you know, if your mindset, your priorities, your heart, you know, your intention isn't right, just in general, it's not gonna be right in business. Right. Um, so, you know, if you're lazy, you don't have time management, you're not going to get after it. You know, you're if not going to dirty. 
you know, you're not going to serve at home and things like this. I mean, how is it going to be translated over to business? You know, um, so first of all, what's what gets measured gets improved. So you got to start measuring the, your your deficiencies, your weaknesses. Identify those. Awareness is a really good trait from all these nine figure guys. They're aware. They know who they are. They know their weaknesses. They know what they're good at. They know their goal in mind, and they know what they need to get there. They know the people they need, the softwares, the budget, everything. They figure that out. And if you don't know those things, then you can get with me and Mike, and we'll point you in the right direction. Number one, um, so we can all elevate and professionalize this industry together. Um, what was the question again? Um, your mindset as your business developed, because going in with you know 1.5 million in the first year, that's great. And your mindset that's definitely right. had to be in the right spot. But as you continue to grow, and as you you know you did 1.5 million is for the first time, like you had never done that before. Like okay, what yeah. did you learn that year and how did you apply that to, to the following years? Yeah. So what I learned through that year, I, it, it was absolutely amazing. Um, and I didn't, I, I didn't realize what I learned until probably like the last, actually like this year, you know, I didn't learn because that was, that, that, that was 2020, 1.5. We did like 1.8, 2021 last year, we did like 2 million or something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, I learned a lot. Now what I did learn is all the things that I am not good at. Um, and I realized that all of the things that I'm not good at, that I was, um, so uh, uh, there's things, guys, that you're going to run from, okay? M the finance side of things. You're not, uh, the finance thing is always scary. Leadership versus management. Identifying those, always going to be a challenge. Um, building systems in the business, um, you know, and knowing how to implement those and kind of keep tabs on the business moving forward. Um, those couple of things are going to be big. And those are what I learned, you know? Mm -hmm. Um you know, about what do you do then? Sorry to cut you off. Like, what do you do when you find it when you find something that you're not good at or you don't like doing in the business? What's yeah. your preference? Is it to delegate it right away or is it to get good at it? So, first, um, if you have the right priorities and, and the right intentions, for me, the you know, for me, the Lord, you know, gives me discernment. And so I'm able to discern, and that self-awareness helps. And so I'm, you know, I can say, okay, you know, who's this gonna be? First, it's always delegating, right? But you know, you know, it's gotta get clear, like that concept, those ideas, they have to get clear. So we have to know who we need, why we need them and what we need them to do. So we can properly articulate that and let people know how we can uh, be helped. Right. So that's our duty. We can't just toss it over. So, but that is a great point. I'm always trying to delegate everything over and empower people to, um, to do new things, new responsibilities, serve our team, serve the community at large. So that's kind of what I first think about is like thing I discern. And then, yeah, you know, I figure out where it's going to go. Um, that's kind of what I would do. I first thought there. So let's let's break this down into some tactical things that people can implement as a result of this. So you're in your business. Mm -hmm. um, a process comes up that you now decide you want to get off of your plate. Let's say it is dealing with customer complaints, right? Say as the owner, every yeah. time a customer complains, your staff goes, hey, Ryan, we got a complaint. How would you go from this system in which you are always responsible for to getting it off of your plate. Yeah, it so, um, so, so I'll take, uh, I'll give you an example of, you know, if you're the owner and you're not in production anymore, you know, let's say you have one or two crews, you have painters, but you are managing production. So you have management, management responsibilities, leadership, you are uh, you know, project manager with the clients, point of contact escalations, right? Let's focus <laughs> on the production department. Yeah. And the business. Yeah. Like, you know, that's you know, accounts receivable, you know, quality control. It's kind of the operation there. And uh, so, you know, obviously you can't be doing that, right? That's working in the business. We need you guys, we need to all be working on the business. Um, now you're, but you can't just be like poof, right? So first of all, 
you want to be really good at doing that thing. That's how I see it. So, um, or as good as you can be, right? Um, and so that's gonna take some effort. But so that means setting up the meeting structures, like how you're gonna meet with them. EOS department meeting on Monday, weekly, you know, daily huddles. You could do that. Um, so meetings with your for, team. Meetings with yeah, your team. Have a routine for yourself um, to manage the business. And while you're managing the business, make sure you're infusing leadership in there because so that, you know, your seating vision, there's empathy. There's always a time to lead and manage. And it's very slight and it can happen very, very in the same meeting, potentially. Uh, it happens a lot. And so while you're doing that concept, you will start to identify people that have leadership characteristics and you'll figure out who can help you and how you can delegate to them if needed. So for example, promoting somebody to lead painter and saying, hey, because you're lead painter, I'm going to pay you five, 10, 15% more, whatever. And here's the um, extra response, um, extra responsibilities that you are going to get for this. Here's the KPIs. So before all of that, you got to know what to do, what KPIs, like how to measure success. Like what does success look like in this thing? And so there's a KPIs. I want it to be in a number or in a percentage. That's simple. I want to know each department, each person, every little thing with a number or a percentage, if it's working or it's not working, or if it's in the middle and you need some support. Um, but all of these checks and balances need to be in place. And when you do that, you can just literally, it's this easy. You find an absolute rockstar A player and you insert them and you show them the, like this method, the, I do it, we do it, you do it model. And you do that for however long that you feel fit. And from a training perspective, and you'll be surprised about, you know, if you're more clear with, you know, who you need, what you need help with, and you've proven your, your initial vision and structure uh, and things like that in like from a department structure and you got it healthy and you've proven like KPIs can be met and you can lead the team. Uh, and then somewhere in between all of that, you would need to replace yourself. And I would, and I would find somebody within that could potentially do that or find somebody from like that has the experience. That's an A player. Um, don't just like hire people, you know, hire, hire A players only because uh, A players um, can do the work of, can walk circles around, you know, any C player, any B player all day long and save you mm -hmm. a lot of time, a lot of stress. Definitely uh, easier and, said than done though, right? Oh, A yes. players, in my experience, only want to work for other A players. So the first step is like, you know, set at the start, you have to, you have to right. become the leader that you want to be before you actually are that leader. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what it is that I'm elaborating on is um, you have to prove the thing, right? So it's like, let's say you're just starting out and you have it's you and one painter and you want him to be, to do everything you can, right? Well, serve him, steward him, train him, pour into him. I do it. We do it. You do it. Um, and when you, when, when you serve your team with servant leadership and you're there, no matter what, you know who you are, guys, you're going to find people like within your organization, people are going to leave or you're going to get rid of them, right? Because that's the culture. It's performance. It's, you know, so those things are huge for you to be the example for your team and, you're going to attract the right people when you're doing that every time. Yeah. I really like that. I've never heard it said like that. I do it. We do it. You do it. Um, I think that makes it very simple and achievable uh, when it comes to training somebody. So let's go back to this example of customer complaints. Cause a lot of the time customer complaints are something that no matter how big many service-based businesses get, the customer complaints always boil up to the owner. And that is like, it's a huge draw on energy and time and all of this stuff. So if we had a team member that could handle and diffuse customer complaints, we would be, you know, a lot better. Hopefully they're not having very often, but right. uh, how would you go about creating a system around that? What resources would you use? What steps would you take? How would you identify someone who could handle that? Yeah. So, you know, for this role, um, you know, 
it can be a couple people. You can have uh, like a senior painter do this, right? Like kind of hand, like, you know, he owns the job, which means like, Hey, like you're going to like communicate with it. Like you can do it however you want, but like you can have a senior role or like a, you know, like a field supervisor, if you will, however you want to name it, uh, that can, you know, that can be, that has the potential, right? Has the capacity, has potential to learn what it is that you need them to do. You can train them and they can handle things with the right system. Or you could have a project manager, right? That you, again, same thing. You teach them this whole method and have them do that thing. Um, or an office manager, like an admin or office manager could do that thing. And you can get to the point where like, you know, these escalations eventually should not, I mean, should be a thing of the past for you as the owner uh, if you put the right people in place. And so this will require, you know, middle management or leadership people. And these people are going to need a lot of training and they're going to need a proven system to walk into. But if, you know, if you're handling customer complaints, um, number one, this is a good thing um, to understand what is going on because the customers most likely, if you can discern what they're saying and you can really listen, um, ask good questions, you will know and figure out all of the deficiencies in your business. And with the help of, you know, a coaching program, like what Mike offers on how to build systems and things like this, you will be able to say, okay, here's all the reasons why people are complaining. Okay. How can we solve for them? And don't just do it yourself. I would get with the team and say, Hey team, like here's, here's our current challenges and obstacles with our customers. Hey, I'm fielding these phone calls. No worries. We're going to tackle this and I'll make sure we communicate daily on what's going on. And we're going to solve for these things. Cause we push through, uh, like brick walls. That's what we do here. We just get things done and we, we serve our team and serve our customers, but I need some help here. So let's have a brainstorming meeting. How do you guys think on issue one that we can prevent this? Right. And you just want to get questions, feedback. So you want feedback from the trenches. I want feedback from the customers and that's going to allow you to develop something to basically preventable maintenance, basically risk management as the owner. And that's developing systems. There's training involved and things like that, or people that need to be um, put in place to manage, manage those systems for you. One thing that actually just made me think about is uh, most people don't do is, is talk to their team and ask for feedback, right? Most, right. most people, when you have, when you have you know, team members or staff, like it's, okay, here's the job, go do the job. And when you're done the job, let me know and I'll get you another job. But if, there's not <laughs> like a dictatorship, this, right? <laughs> yeah. It's none of this like back and forth. Like one of the things that, that I do in my team is, and not to say that I do things perfectly, but often I'll just say like, okay, guy, like someone brings me a problem. How, what do you think? How do you think you should deal with this? Right. And just like pass it back on them. And then you'd be surprised how smart people are and, and they'll come up with some creative solutions that are really good. And it didn't take any of your mental energy. Yeah, it's, it's such a great point. You know, leaders, really good leaders, uh, they never start with, with um, assumptions. They always start with curiosity. And so issue, our first instinct is to be like issue. I'm going to solve for it. Well, this is happening. Blah, blah, blah. No, you go like this issue. No worries. Save it for the next daily meeting. We're going to chat about that. Have your notes prepared. Hey, um, you know, uh, team one, um, Hey, here's just a re like a reoccurring co uh, common challenge that's, that's going on. Um, Hey, I'm confident I can solve for it, but just wanted to chat with you guys about it so that we can solve for it together as a team. Yeah. Um, and guys, what are you thinking? Like, what are you guys thinking? What's going on? Why do you think this is happening? Hey, just give me some feedback. Boom. Shut up. Let them say what they're going to say. You as the owner are going to be able to discern and say, okay, that's what they're saying. Boom. You know what guys? Boom. And you can formulate and you can figure out how to build a system to solve for that. And then you can find operators uh, and you know different things like that that can run and manage the day-to-day -day of a business. They need business acumen, financial acumen, et cetera. Like don't find someone cheap, pay them, find the best people, pay, pay them what they need to be paid, give them some autonomy, but have some things in place first and decide like, like in my opinion, decide like, you know, are you a production, like an operator person or are you sales and marketing? Um, and what we've always been taught is we'll hire yourself out of the things you don't like. Well, you can't do that right away. 
right? Because you need to know what to manage, like KPIs in place. Like you need to know how to, um, like what success looks like in your business. And if you just hire someone too soon to- like, And you need the margin to support those administrative roles. Right, like, like there's more to the story, um, yeah. but you know, a good, you know, good operator could come in and manage systems, develop new ones, and basically continue your you know, initial vision, make sure those things are integrated for you uh, and really help run the day-to-day -day of the business with you. Yeah. So let's let's make a little shift here and talk about your business um, because the, the theme of today is owner-operator to absent owner. So yeah. you started your business with a decent, you know, startup fund, which is, you know, it's awesome that you're able to do that. And it obviously, you know, the investment paid off. Um, but I imagine that year one, you're still in, in operations, right? You're not, you're not on the tools necessarily, but you're still managing the team. You're doing sales, you're doing marketing. Um, what were some of the steps that you took to set your business up um, where it didn't need you as much? And how did you kind of prioritize which to delegate first and, and then how to delegate them? Yeah, so it's a great question. Um, number one, again, go back to the mentorship, like, you know, whether it's a coaching program or you know, whatever it is, I always had, you know, help. So anything I didn't know early on, I always had someone that could help me. And that helped me a lot. So I got all my questions, like, I, you know, I was just, I mean, I didn't care if it was like, whatever was going on, pick up the phone call. So I always was able to like solve problems really quickly. So that was number one is I knew I needed to be able to do that for the production I didn't know. So like production install, how to go, you know, do this, how, you know, those types of things I didn't know, mainly for the production um, thing you know, and products and things like that. As I, as I really maximized my resources I had on, on hand. Um, number one is I knew, cause I was still running the marketing company. And I mean, we, you know, we scaled to like two, you know, 10 employees. Like it was, it was fast as well. Like by the time we started this company, it was already on a seven figure run rate in the marketing company. I was like, well, okay. Oh my gosh. Like it was <laughs> a lot. I was like, what am I going to do? Um, so number one is, you know, we had good people in place. Uh, number one, but I knew I needed to um, solve for the sales and marketing uh, or the sales challenge because I couldn't run sales calls all day. So that was like, okay, boom, like my dad teach him how to do that. And then my dad's a natural. I mean, he just like just went off to the races and he just is crushing it. Right. Um, so that was number one. I couldn't be doing that all day. Right. So I could kind of sit back in the office and I could make sure the marketing was going. That, I mean, that was easy. Like, well, marketing's done. And then make sure the sales are dialed. So that way I wasn't running sales all day. And then I knew I couldn't manage the production or manage the, all the admin. And so I make sure that that was in place as well. Um, and even if I didn't have like my mom, my dad, my older brother, a part of like, if I started the business, you know, you know, I would have set it up the same way, you know, um, yeah. if I had that. You have reliable staff that aren't going to quit on you though. <laughs> oh yeah. They're committed. They're bought in. Totally. You know? Yeah. And any business I'll start now will be passive businesses or, you know, find the right partners and, uh, you know, and things like that for operations. Um, but but yeah, you know, it's that that's not always the case. And it's not lost to me that that's not, you know, perfect for every owner operator out there right now. One of the main reasons why we started, it was like, man, can we prove this concept? Because we were taking so many clients from like mid six figures to seven figures, multiple seven figures. And I'm like, I'm like, man, I think I can do this. Like, you know, I think I can do this, you know, and I, uh, I thought I wanted to own a service business. I was going to scale it and, you know, start buying companies. I was looking at buying other coding. I mean, it was just all over. Um, and I, you know, I found what I loved here. Yeah, you know, on service legend, but yeah. Um, you know, so let's look at the, let's look at the production. What did the production ramp look like, um, in that first year and into your second year in terms of crews, in terms of team members, in terms of, uh, production systems that you needed in place to stay organized? Yeah. So, um, you know, again, I had a lot of resources, so, you know, and help. And so I knew kind of what to do, like how to set it up. I knew, you know, I knew that, um, in con you know, in the model, the business model that we were doing residential concrete coatings, the flake system, uh, I mean, my buddy Jeff Gear does the same thing. Um, did eighty-five million dollars last year buying coding companies. So you know, I had the right information, and so I knew a um, you know a you know a trailer with two men, the manager over it, um, 
for residential garages, like, you know, 800 square feet and below to start out, um, we could do like up to $700,000 a year top line. Mm -hmm. And we should be doing, you know, 15 to 25% net after owner's pay. And so we started that with the mine. So we had two, two, um, two crew members, right. Um, they were trained up, sent them to training, had the trailer, got it all set up, got it. Um, and we got it wrapped and, uh, well the first year we didn't uh, do all the wrapping stuff, uh, until like coming out that first year. Um, but that was it, you know? And so I knew, um, like that I wanted to keep them busy, you know, all the time. So I thought, you know, I started looking at the production optimization and the, and the scheduling had help there. So what we did is Monday through Thursday, we did garages one day, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday was a team meeting day and was for go backs and training. That was what, what Friday was for. Um, and so, you know, we honored that. Right. And so there was time to clean the trailer. There was time to focus on training, time to catch up on if there was a go back or two because it's newer and things like that. So we could go do those on the go back would be like a touch up. Yeah. Touch up. Like in concrete coatings, it was same thing. Touch up. Might have a, you know, something to fix a little here and sure. there, but we would do those on Fridays. Um, so basically you do four days of production and then one day of admin training, yep. go backs, right. uh, cleaning and things like that. Yep. And then, you know, they work Saturdays here and there if needed. Uh, now, um, per week, I mean, you know, the average ticket right now for us is like $4,500 and it was like 3,500 when we started. So if you can do four projects on, you know, roughly that average ticket, um, and you can get somewhere, you know, and it's how always, much, how out. much monthly could one crew of one crew of two guys produce? Like what, 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 well, what, 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 what could trailer, all of our trailers are about 700 K. Um, we, and we just got a van. So is that three, three technicians? Oh, that's two. It's no, two technicians, 700 K a year. Yeah. So, you know, probably between, like, and then Jeff is doing like up to 800 on some trailers. Um, so wow. 700 is conservative. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, it's about 60 K. Um, so there's that, right. Um, yeah. and so you can do that. Um, if, cause it's, you know, everything's scalable, repeatable, duplicatable. It's the same, you know, garage is the same system. Yeah. It's duplicatable. Pete Johnson, uh, he's speaking at our event, uh, on, on field leadership. He, he, he taught me what's called the two man dance. And it's this whole systemized approach on how to install concrete coating floors hyper profitably. And yep. uh, he taught me a lot. Uh, so he'll be speaking at the, at the event. Um, but everything I know, everything I've learned is just from this person, this person, this person. It's all about execution for me. I mm-hmm. guess, that's, you know, as I'm talking, I'm, I'm getting into like, oh, this is we're getting into the real stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Mike's pulling yeah. it out of me this morning. Um, but the execution, because like as I'm talking to you, I'm like, man, everything I'm doing, everything we know, like the business, the, like the leadership you know, I've learned from others, man, you know, I've learned from others and I just, you know, was smart enough not to reinvent, you know, just smart enough to not reinvent the wheel on everything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So they say, what do they say? Like um, intelligence is learning from your, from your own mistakes and wisdom <laughs> is learning from the mistakes of others. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, kind of definitely there's a little difference there with painting versus uh, concrete coatings. Cause in painting, right. uh, like a single painter can do about 120, 130 a year. So two painters, you know, you're looking 250 versus two techs, you know, right. doing 700. So a lot fewer logistics, which I mean, isn't a bad thing. So maybe any painters here thinking about getting in the concrete coatings. Is a, Wait, you know. There's a lot of clients that do both. It's, it's, I mean, Brad yeah. Ellison is going to speak at, at our event on, on how he built his company to seven figures while still maintaining all of his like fitness and marriage and balance. I'm like, yo, Brad, I want to know what's the secret sauce there. So he's going to speak on that. And I, he was just looking at buying a grinder for epoxy. So I'm not yeah. sure if I'm spilling some secrets, Brad, but yeah. I saw that. I saw that, man. <laughs> Yeah, and Brad's actually going to be coming up on this podcast um, as well. Nice. Uh, quite soon. So, um, 
So as you, yeah, definitely fewer logistics, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily easier that, you know, I, I've epoxied right. floors before. It's not, it's not, you know, very fun in my opinion, but, uh, yep. so you're, you're producing your, you had, um, a salesperson who was your dad, just right. crushing it, crushing it on sales. Right. Yeah. Um, who Mike Davis, that's my dad. Go Mike. Mike. Okay. You were doing, uh, marketing. So you're doing the Facebook, Google ads. Well, yeah, our team was, um, but yes, with my management, like, you know, the strategy, the creative. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you got to a second and third crew in that first year. Yeah. By the, by the, um, cause we got to our second trailer. I mean, I think we got the second trailer set up like four months in. Cause I mean, we were like three months booked out. Like my month where we're like, Oh my, like, what do we do? We got to hire another trailer. Like, what do we do? So we hired that second one. And then yeah, we was like three or four or something like that, like set up like about the like year, year and a half. It was somewhere in there. Okay. Um, how do you, what do you use for job scheduling and how do you stay organized with, with all these jobs? You're doing about a job a day. Actually, you're doing about three to four jobs a day, right? Right. And with, with your multiple trailers and crews. So how do you stay organized? How do you make sure customers get the right expectations, the right product? What do those kind of operational systems look like? Yeah. So, um, Brandon, uh, Vaughn, uh, has a, has a concept, but so you look at it department wise, um, you know, you got marketing, admin, production, sales, roughly, you know, everything can fit in there. And I know there's, there's different ways to say it. it's the same, all same stuff, but, um, you look at your departments and every department has people, right? There's culture, you know, there's management needs, there's leadership needs and all of those things, but there's systems needed. Like, Hey, how do we do stuff? And you can just start with like Google docs, like, Hey, step-by-step every little thing, like here's the 10 steps and here's a video on how to do it. If that's that simple, just get started with simple, you know, done is better than perfect. Done is better than not done and so on. Um, so you start with that in mind. Um, now, uh, um, you were asking about, uh, the, uh, the first thing you said, Mike was like about trailers, uh, and growth on that. What were you saying? <laughs> yeah. So, um, ha, ha, I'm, I'm curious more about, um, organization and mm. systems around organization. Cause that's a lot of moving. Oh parts. yeah. The CRM. So, so basically right now we use house call pro with high level, uh, like our private version of high levels, like service or something. Um, just high level private label software. Um, but we're going to be actually switching to drip job. So, um, very soon. So, um, where we don't offer high level in the, in the way we do. Um, but it's like drip jobs, uh, will be like our client base, but Cardinal, um, we use house call pro right now, just because, you know, my mom, uh, and my, you know, they have the autonomy to run the day to day. And so they chose house call pro. They love it. Um, we have a lot of connections like Brandon Vaughn uh, owns a coaching program. That's uh, that knows the owner of house call pro. So we just kind of had some connections there and, um, got to help implement it. So that's what we'd use there. Um, and then, we, you know, there's software like shortly for like, um, inventory, you know, you can like scan things in QR code, put it on your stuff, scan it in. So inventory mm-hmm. management's a big deal for concrete coatings. I know it is for painting. So shortly yeah. is a really cool tool that, that is just easy. Some softwares have it in there, but whatever. Um, you know, Google stuff like Google docs, Google drive, Google calendar, getting organized yep. kind of in that kind of like operational, like efficiencies around communication, nonverbal yeah. communication, kind of things like that. You get a marketing uh, stack for every aspect of organization. Right. Yeah. So if you broke that down, you know, you're looking at, let's, let's break it down. So from the very start, so you need like lead management, CRM. Yeah. Drip jobs. Drip jobs. Um, hey, drip check, jobs. The, check the link in the description for two months. <laughs> <days. laughs> yeah. Yeah. So drip jobs. Drip jobs for, for lead management yeah. and sales management. Yep. And then you said you use house call pro to organize your crews and for your production schedule. Yep. Okay. And then what does sortly manage? It's just inventory management. Okay. Inventory management. So that's less important for a painting contractor because it's like your inventory is like your white paint and your rollers. Well, I, I mean, I, I mean, 
we have clients locally here and there was a company that did 6 million last year that we worked with. And I, and I went into their, their production. It's like everywhere. I'm like, okay, no, 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 no. Okay. It, this needs like, like in shortly, it's so crazy. And other softwares have this, but like when stuff comes in, like you have QR codes for like every like line of product, I don't care what it is. And then you just scan it, have someone scan it, like a production manager, who's somebody else, right? They scan it and it goes in the system and you can just be like, okay, I'll get this coming. It's like, brrr. now that's complicated. That's like project work. Like that's like deep work. You're going to build systems and implement them. That's an idea. Not like yeah. do this right now, that, but that's like inventory management and getting clear on every little aspect of your business. It's not necessarily needed, but like, holy moly, like it, it, it could change the game from like how many rollers we have on, uh, on like, I want to know as an owner every morning, how, how, do, how much of everything do we have on hand? Cash yeah. on hand. You like know, before you take something out of the van, you scan it. Every single little thing. Uh, Cause that's cogs. That's cogs. And I want those cogs low. I don't want them high. So like, you know, that's like the financial things I learned is like, you know, like a CFO stuff. Like you can get really, really systemized with that and re and like tasks and like have like reoccurring tasks, like for your production, like managers to update these, like every Monday on, on your department meeting, like, Hey, these four things can be updated. And here's how I need to update it. And here's the information I need to know and you train yeah. somebody on that. But that's a little bit down the road. You know, once, you know, once you hit that million dollar mark, you're going to start, you know, from, from getting to one to 3 million is different than getting from zero to, you know, 1 million and then 3 million, you know, and so on is whole different plethora of, you know, things that you'll need in rules sure. in place to get there. Like you can, you can hustle your way to a million dollars, you know, to an $80,000 yeah. run rate, but you can't hustle your way to a, you know, $3 million business. Oh, no. It completely changes. Yes. Yep. So we talked about a lot of things, time management, mentorship being super important. I a hundred percent agree. Um, you know, the, I do it, we do it, you do it model, um, your self-awareness. So on, on the self-awareness, how can someone go from, you know, running their business, doing everything to understanding where their weaknesses are? It's a great question. You know, that's, you know, it's a, I think it's hard to get there um, by, by, by force. I think it's something that comes from within and sometimes it, you know, it'll come out of like a random time. Um, you know, I think that's just how the Lord works for me. Um, and it's just small little things on the heart. Um, and, but it starts with being honest with yourself, um, kind of really taking some time to think about like, who are you? Like where, like, what do you want to do in your life? Like, are you really, like, are your priorities right? You know, is there pruning needed with your priorities and people and things around you? And what are you doing with your time? Who are you spending your time with? Right? Like, um, you know, are you, are you waking up every day thinking like I'm building this business for myself or am I waking up every day to build this business for my team, my wife, my kids, our customers, our future, the world, the community, what can I do with this business? What impact can I make with this business? Who, what charities can I donate to? How big can I make this business so our team has opportunity? It's one of the things Tommy Mello taught me was like, you know, when we first start these businesses, man, we build them with a vision in mind that's big enough for us. When you start getting to like 3 million or whatever, like both of our companies will do like, you know, do multi-millions this year, like three, 4 million. And so, you know, when you think about that, the vision has to get bigger so that your team has more opportunity. So like, if you want to grow your company, the, the most selfless thing you can do is grow your company because you're going to serve your team, your community, your customers. You're going to give your team more opportunity. Um, they're going to make more money. They're going to be able to take care of their family. They're going to learn more. They're going to change. And, and, and if you can do that, the domino effect of you changing the world is indescribable. But when you do it for yourself every morning and you do it selfishly and you do it because you want to make money and buy cool stuff or whatever, and your priorities are wrong, you will give up every single time because that's just how it works. That's what I know. That's how it works. And when your heart's not in the right place and you do it for yourself, when you reach places that like, you know, oh, that's where I wanted to get like oh, this house or this car, or like this team size or whatever it is for you. And you get to that point and you were doing it for yourself. 
it's a very lonely place to be, right? And only entrepreneurs can know this. And I'm, I'm just telling you, if you, you know, if you do it the right way, you know, work's not work, right? Um, also, like in leadership, people problems is a part of leadership. Get over it or don't be a leader, right? People, like your team has issues. They need your help. You need to serve them. And when you think like this, anything that's in your way, any obstacle, any operational efficiency, any little thing, it's no thing but a chicken wing, right? And your mm -hmm. team, and you get your team rally around that together and you empower them because your business is not a dictatorship, right? It's a team, okay? And so if you get that team rallied together, you build that culture and you are that example, Mike, like what you talked about, being that example for your team, anything is possible. I love that. I love the, the, the concept of growing your business, being a selfless act. And a lot of people are scared of profit and making lots of profit. And, and the cool thing about profit is it lets you do cool stuff, not only for yourself, but with your team. Yeah. You can bonus, you can take, you can do dinners, you can do Christmas parties, you can do like a lot of really cool stuff and create experiences and provide opportunities, like you said. Yeah. And at the same time, provide for yourself and your family because you do still need to do that, right? And that should absolutely be priority. But, uh -huh. but you get to do a lot of other cool things too if you, but you only can do that if you have if you have profit in your business. Has to start with truth. Like working hard, being productive, serving your team, serving your customers. Now, I'm not talking about imbalance and being unhealthy. No, no, I'm talking about being intentional with your time, being productive, not effing around. And when you do that, it's anything is possible. Like, and your team will start doing that and you'll start seeing more from them. The bad people will leave. You're going to attract good people. Everything will happen. But if that's not right, nothing else really matters because you're not starting from truth. You're not starting from honesty. You're not starting from the right place. Um, you know, so yeah, man, you know, it's, this is mission critical guys. This is, th these are non-negotiables for success. I guarantee you, I've met so many eight figure guys that have sold their businesses in the past year and year and a half, multiple eight figures, multiple nine figures. And they all say these same exact things. I can guarantee you. And so yeah, man, it works. Well, man, that's a, I think that's a great spot to stop for today. Uh, actually, powerful here, lessons just, one more thing, man. just one more thing, actually, I'm, yeah, I'm going to leave you guys with this. And you, and you can edit this if you need to, but I'm going to, I'm going to leave you guys with this. This activity um, is rewarding. It's, it's fulfilling. It's purposeful. Uh, and it's for everybody else, but we just get it by default. But here's the thing. When you do this in your company, right? You're a painter. You got one crew, 10 crews. doesn't matter if you have five employees or 30. It doesn't matter. This concept is true. Um, the domino effect of, your hard work, your productivity is endless. So think about this. You grow your company. You make more money. You build your team. You build your system. You build a healthy business, healthy, healthy operation. You're a good leader. You're building culture. Your team is going to grow, number one, their personal development. They're going to be able to have more opportunity, make more money. They can take care of their family more. The business is making money. You can buy better trucks, better software, better people to manage everything, right? Better marketing, more marketing. Your sales team is making money. So all your employees are going to have more opportunity. They're going to make more money. They get to provide more for their families, right? Their kids, their wives, their now, now your employees' families have a better life. And then your employees' families, friends are, are, are experiencing that too. And then your customers are benefiting from that too, because everything is going so well and your branding and the, the communication is good and you're efficient. So your customers are benefiting from better service. They're going to tell everyone about it. And your customers have families too. And your customers make money and they're investing in your service and to, to like improve their home. And their families are going to benefit from your good work too. Like, so your customers, husband and spouse and kids, the domino effect about you just waking up as a business owner, doing the right thing every single morning with the right heart and the right focus in place, you could change the world. You could change your community 
one person, one day at a time. I There's guarantee so many it. stakeholders. There's so many stakeholders. Right. And yeah. it's, it's crazy when you start thinking about how many people you impact and the more people, the more crews that you can have and the more jobs that you do, the more exponential the number of people that you get to positively impact instead right. of them maybe having a negative experience somewhere else. Yeah, yeah man. So Ryan, what is Service Legend and um, how can we learn more about it? Man, Service Legend is a full service digital marketing firm that works with concrete coating companies and painting companies specifically. And, you know, the, the blueprints or the frameworks or the programs, however you want to call them, like how, you know, how we productize, how we do what we do were really derived from what we learned at Cardinal, always constantly updating, testing new things. Uh, but we really have an opportunity for uh, painters that are in a different couple different places. You know, if you're doing less than a million dollars a year, that's really an ads focus, right? Ads focus and lead the sales cycle because nothing else really matters without that. You know, getting that more profit in mind. Because um, if you don't have the more profit in mind, you can't really experience any freedom. You can't hire anybody. You can't do all those things. You can't build systems because you're in the business. You need that revenue in so you can have some freedom and then you are able to make impact. But that's what that's all about. Um, and then we have our mastery program. Um, and once our blueprint people scale up to mastery and they, you know, they are ready for more omnipresence website, SEO, long-term, uh, digital marketing success, um, uh, that will be available for them as well. We actually have, uh, the service legend summit coming up, uh, October 5th through the 7th. Um, and it's going to be off of the change early bird, uh, tickets are live now. I'm not sure if they'll be live, uh, then, uh, cause we've been selling a ton of tickets already, but it's, it's going to be absolutely insane. The vision with the, um, the event is I'm not really worried about making money. We've already spent $100,000 on the on the event. If I can break even, I'm cool. But it's about getting um, these these people, these painters, these concrete coating companies and other service businesses in the same room that are wanting to grow their businesses, do everything we just talked about, but they but they need the right mentors in place, the coaches in place. Everything I just talked about, I'm getting everybody I know in the same room. Like, all right, guys, boom, we're going to mastermind. We're going to grow. We're going to elevate. We're going to do this together because that's that's just how I operate. Uh, you know, just you know, as a team getting rallying together, so that's going to be super fun. Tommy Mello speaking, uh, just sold A1 for uh, his value at like almost $700 million. Nick Slavic is um, going to be there. Brad Ellison. Nick Slavic, Brad um, Ellison. I'm probably going to be there too. I'm, I'm going to get Mike there. Um, hey, uh, let's, uh, let, me, let me put you on the spot here. Yeah. Um, can I put, can you give the listeners to this podcast a discount on tickets? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Here's what I'll do. So we were going to do early birds, 50% off up to 50 tickets, but we've already like, we're almost there. <laughs> Um, and we haven't even started the promo really. So, um, I will just give that 50% off to you guys, um, from now until the event, if you guys want to go, cause we're going to be kind of upping the price as we get closer to the event. Of course, you guys know events, you guys come there. That happens. Yeah. Uh, but I will, the, I'll, I'll have the link in the description below the podcast, whatever you're listening to it on. And, uh, let's do it, man. Let's get some people there. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'll work on a special discount for any of your coaching clients or anybody from your audience that wants to hear about us specifically and they want to jump on a call from the marketing services. Um, I'll, I want you to let me know um, maybe offline what they might, you know, what you think would be a good offer for them and Hey, we'll do it for them. Cool. Well, let's do that. Well, Hey man, um, tons of nuggets today. I took a whole page of notes. I can um, run off on top, man. So, <laughs> so uh, definitely there's going to be episode one of many of having you on here. So um, thanks again, dude, congrats on both businesses and, um, I've seen what Ryan does with the ads and the SEO. So if you guys need SEO or Google ads or Facebook ads too, right? Facebook ads, Google ads, yeah. basically check all social media ads. Check it out for your painting business and hop on a call with, with Ryan and his team and um, they'll set you up. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Talk soon. 
Thanks for listening to the Painter Growth Podcast. If you want to grow your painting business, go to www.paintergrowth.com or click on the top link in the description. Talk soon.